0: All right, turn your Bible's please to uh, to the book of Luke the book of Luke uh, chapter eight We'll begin with verse number uh, number nineteen tonight I mean this morning we learned a lot about uh, how to how to listen and, and how to hear from the Word of God and uh, I want us to remember that as he, he draws us to uh, to something else he wants to show us about it, what it means for us to listen and what it means to us for us to respond to what he has to say. But the main thing I want us to learn this morning is that Jesus does hear us and that we do have uh, confidence in knowing that, that he's there for us. But I think that a lot of times we forget exactly who he is and what he can do and what we truly have access to. And so as we read these verses tomorrow this morning, I want us to just to think about Jesus and who he is and God and who he is and all that we know that they can do and know that as his children that we have full access to his power. And everything that we face in our life, Jesus is there with us and he can help us through it and we should call upon him. So let's read together in the book of Luke chapter 8. Let's begin with verse number 19. We'll read this. It says, Then his mother and his brothers came to him, uh, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers uh, are standing outside uh, desiring to see you. But he answered to them, 'My uh, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. One day he got into a boat, and his disciples, and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, they, he fell asleep. And the windstorm came down on the lake, and they were, and they were failing, filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased. And there was a calm, and he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even the winds and the water? And they obey him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so, thank- we're so grateful, Lord, for your word. Lord, and we just thank you that you've given us the instructions, sort of how, us- how that we are to live our lives Lord, we thank you that you have given us the words, Lord, and have revealed yourself to us through this scripture. But Lord, I pray this morning that you will reveal yourself to each and every one of us personally, that you will speak to us. Lord, and show us, Lord, that we have full access, Lord, to all your power and might. And Lord, when we ever face the storms and the troubles in our life, we do not hesitate to call upon you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, the invention of the cell phone, it was a pretty wonderful thing. I know a lot of you don't like uh, all the modern technology, but I, I, I really love it. Because uh, one of the things it does is it allows us to uh, be in contact with pretty much anybody at any particular time. And it's good that we always have that with us in times where we may break down on the side of the road, where uh, we may be off somewhere away from the phone, that we have, that we have constant contact with anybody any time to which that uh, we would want to have that. Now, the downside to us having contact or the ability to uh, contact anybody at any time, the downside of that is that everybody else has the ability to contact me at any time and any place that they want to. And you it's like most people, you know, we don't mind calling at any particular time. You know, it used to be like uh, you would think about if you were just going to tell a joke to somebody that, hey, you would just wait till you see them or you would wait to a time that you could call them on a the phone at home where they're not busy. But no, anytime you just want to tell a joke to somebody, it don't matter if they're at work, it don't matter if they're at home, it don't matter what they're doing, you'll just pick up your phone and you'll call them or you'll just pick up your phone and you'll just send them a text. You know, nobody really minds calling anybody, at any time, for any reason, whatsoever. There's just no limits to it whatsoever. So the phone companies uh, and the phone manufacturers came up with this plan. Like, you know, a lot of these people, they don't want all these people calling all the time. You know, they need to hear from certain people. You know, they need to be busy doing work. They need to be do- doing this. They need to be busy sleeping. and They don't need to be bothered with all of these people. And so they came up with a function called Do Not Disturb. And you come, and there's various situations to which you do not want to be disturbed. That, you know what, if you at work, you hit that do not disturb because I'm at work, and it keeps all your clown friends from calling you and distracting you from your work. And then it kind of has a mode for when you are at home, where you could go in there and, like, you don't want uh, all these work people calling you and harassing you and trying you to do something like, you off the clock, leave me alone, you know, figure it out yourself. And, and you don't want those people calling, and so you have that. And then, of course, there's a mode for when you, you go to sleep, and you can cut everybody off because you don't want people calling and texting and beeping you and sending you Facebook stuff all in the middle of the night. You can just hit that do not disturb. And I always have to do it, show how people don't mind calling. Everybody that knows me knows that. I preach, and I'm kind of busy between the hours of 11 in the morning, and when I get done preaching, was about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And so, uh, I, so I, on my phone, I have to hit do not disturb, or just right in the middle of it, buddy, beep, 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 you know, people calling me. So I had to go in there, and I had to set the do not disturb. But the minute that you set that do not disturb, a thing that pops up there. And it pops up a list of all of your contacts, all the people that you have in the book. And you can point out any of those people. You can check any of those people and say, anybody, nobody else gets to disturb you, but these people can. These are the people who have access to you and you can talk to and they can reach you even when you're sleeping. You want them to be in touch with you. Even when you're working, you still want them to be able to call you. The people that you always want to have that constant communication with, you can give them access. You can allow them to skip over that do not disturb and be able to reach you. They can cut to the front of the line. And I'm not going to say which one of you alls is on and which one of y'all ain't. I'm going to start no trouble up in here. But, uh, but you can do that. And what we see really here is a situation of that where Jesus is, uh, is there, he's teaching, and he's still going off that sermon, about the seeds and the sowers, and he's preaching to that same crowd. And as he's preaching and as he's teaching, here comes his mother and here comes his brothers and here comes his sisters. And, and uh, they're, they're coming and they want to see Jesus. They want to they talk to him. They want to have a conversation with him, but they're, they're stuck in that crowd and they can't get around. But then somebody sees, hey, there's Jesus' mama. There's Jesus' brothers. And they recognize instantly, hey, these are the people that have special access. They don't have to worry about the crowd. So he goes to Jesus said, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here. And you would think the reaction is, hey, these are all the people that get to break in and interrupt anytime they want to. These are the people who have that special access. They don't have to worry about standing in their own line. They don't have to wait their turn. But at the minute they want to speak to me, they get that opportunity. And I imagine that's the way that most of you feel about most of your family, isn't it? That anytime they would want to speak to me, to speak to you, regardless of what you were doing and regardless of what you had going on, they get to talk to you, and laws exclude excluded, not talking about them. That's a whole different group. But anyway, they have that special access, and that's what, what that, that they were thinking was going to happen. But then Jesus looked at them, and he said something that seems a little off to us when we first read it. He says, look, I want you to know that those who do my will, those who hear my word and do it, Those are my mothers. Those are my brothers. In other words, that's my family. You're saying that my earthly mother and my earthly brothers and my earthly sisters are the family that have special access to me and what I have to say and what I have to offer. But I want you to know who my true family is. And my true family is those who, number one, hear my word. And we learned last week that if you're hearing the word, then you're doing it. Those are all my people. And a lot of us want to think that what gets us access to Jesus, what gets us any of that is the fact that we're a member of a church, or because of who we are, or because of what our standards is. But what Jesus says, if you want to be a part of my family what makes you a part is the fact that you hear my word and you actually do it. And he wanted them to know, all of those people to know, that just like you think that my mother and my brothers had a special access to me. He wants us to know all of his disciples had that same access to Jesus. Now I want you to think about that that we have personal, privileged access to Jesus. A lot of us sometimes we think like we're in this this crowd, and we think we got to break through somehow to get Jesus, that we have to do something special to get His attention, that I have to fight through the noise like I do in another crowded place when I want to get someone's attention. That I have to some way do something to get a special access to be able to get a hearing to that person. But what Jesus wants us to know is because he is God, he is able to be attentive to us all. And we all have the ear of Jesus Jesus is constantly waiting and ready to hear from you. You don't have to fight through all the noises, but yet we all have a personal relationship with Jesus. At any time we want to speak with him, we can. But we don't, do we? We don't take advantage of that access. Why? Because a lot of times I think we all still think we're still lost in that crowd. We all think that we really don't have a personal, accessible relationship with Jesus. That's why a lot of people like to talk about guardian angels, right? They want to talk about their guardian angels. And they got somebody watching over them. There's somebody from the man upstairs who's walking around and looking over, and that guardian angel is uh, watching over them. And I bet you my guardian angel's got a whole bunch of issues right now, huh? It's like, look, can't you give me somebody else? And we like to believe about guardian angels because we feel that that gives us someone who gives us personal attention. That Jesus up there and God up there doesn't have time for all of our needs and all of our requests. But we have someone who's watching over us, someone that God has sent to take care of us because he doesn't really have time for all of us. But I want you to know that's not true, is that God and Jesus, because he's omniscient, because he's omnipresent, because he can be everywhere at every time, because he knows us, and because he lives in our heart, he has enough time for all of us and can minister to all of us at the same time. So the access we need doesn't come from a guardian angel, but it comes from Jesus himself. A lot of us like to think, you know, our grandmothers watching down on us, that our mothers have gone on and they're looking down and they're watching after us and they'll somehow take care of us. And we like to think that a lot, think a lot, what inspires that the same thing—that there's somebody that's actually giving us personal attention, because deep down inside we feel with God we're lost in the crowd, we can't really get His personal attention, that He really doesn't have time for us. But what Jesus wants us to know that this is morning is, is that you have full access to Me just like you would give full access to your mother, just like you would give full access to your children, just like you would give full access to your brothers, just like you would give full access to them, basically that you would, you would distract, you would move away from what's going on at work, from anybody else was talking to you, and you would make time to spend time with them. Jesus wants you to know that every one of you who hears my word and does it has that access. To me. A lot of times we don't call upon God because we don't realize we have that access. But in a lot of times we don't call upon God is that we forget what it is that we have access to. Jesus is going to tell three three. Uh, we're going to see three stories from the life of Jesus. Uh, we're going to look at one of the, these uh, today, and we'll probably look at uh, uh, one or two of them next week. You know, we'll do the other ones. Maybe next week. But anyway, he tells it about a time where he said, hey, let's go uh, to the other side. And so Jesus has a mission for him, and Jesus has a des- destination. Where are we going? We're going to the other side of the lake, all right? So we pile up in the boat, and we're going into the other side of the lake. And while they're all busy, uh, busy rowing and busy going and getting them across the lake, what does Jesus do? You know, Jesus goes back there, and he falls asleep while everybody else is working. See, your preacher's more like Jesus than what you thought he was, huh? While y'all out there working, your preacher's sleeping. But, uh, but anyway, as they're going across this lake, all of a sudden, here comes, uh, here comes one of those storms. And they had this little thing. I don't know if you've heard of it, because uh, I don't think I have really uh, remember seeing it. But, but water falls from the sky. It's an amazing thing. You should really see it. But, uh, but anyway, uh, there, here comes the rain, and here comes the wind, and here comes the storm and everything is, is going, buddy, and they're, they're being rocked, and water's pouring in, and they're trying to, uh, to, uh, to get it out. And, uh, you know, as, as, as quick as they're, they're shoveling out, it's coming in, and the waves are tossing, and uh, they're rocking, and they realize that they are in a bad situation. They realize that they are about to die. They realize that they are, in a sense, at the mercy of what was going on. And they look back there, and there's Jesus. You know any those people that could just sleep through anything? Some of us can sleep through storms, and some of us can't. And apparently Jesus could. And so there in the midst of the storm, they see Jesus there in the back of the boat and he's done going to sleep. And they wake up Jesus. They knock him on the side of the, uh, the shoulder and say, Jesus, Master, Master, wake up. We are perishing. We are perishing. And then Jesus, Jesus gets up and he rebukes. That means by the mere word, of his mouth, he tells that sea, be calm. He tells that wind to stop blowing. And he tells that wind, I mean that rain, to stop falling. And the moment he speaks it, it happens. And then Jesus looks at him and he says, where is your faith. Where was your faith? You of little faith. Now, it's good that we don't always listen to what what our preachers have to say and take his word for it and let him do the hard work for us. I think it's good that we make a habit in your own personal life that you take time to meditate on what God has to say in his Scripture. And one thing I meditated just about the whole week and a half that I go through, went through the scripture was thinking about this. What he said was telling them, they of little faith, or where was their faith? I thought my heart and I thought my mind, what in the world was he expecting them to do? What was their response supposed to be? Why was he challenging? their faith. And I thought about a couple things. And maybe you think about some other things and uh, you can mention those too. And, um, and that's great. But I think that he worried about their faith and questioned their faith because I don't think they realized or they thought in their mind that Jesus did not care about their problem. And that's something the way that we think that Jesus is not concerned with my problem. Where was he? Jesus, where was he in the midst of their storm? Jesus was back there sleeping, and they took that as a hint that he doesn't care about their problem. And so he wakes them up, and he shakes them and said, Jesus, we are drowning. And a lot of times when we go through storms, And a lot of times when we go hardships in life, we feel like Jesus is unaware of our problem or maybe that Jesus doesn't care about our problem or maybe that Jesus doesn't take time or doesn't have the time to respond to our problem because he's got bigger things to do. But he says, where's your faith? Don't you realize that even though sometimes it doesn't seem like I'm working, I am that I have a plan for this. You know, Jesus was the one who said, let's go on the other side of the lake. It wasn't the disciples' idea. And what we need to realize in our life is if Jesus has called us to go somewhere, we can be certainly sure that we're going to get there. Now, a lot of times I say what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, and a lot of times those things work out, don't never work out. But all the times through which Jesus says, here's what we're doing, it always works out. See, Jesus does care about your problems. Jesus is responsive to you and your needs. So maybe in their faith, he maybe didn't think that Jesus cared about their problem. Maybe he was thinking, you know what, they didn't realize what I could do. When they go to wake up, Jesus they say, Jesus, don't you care that we're drowning? This is early in Jesus' ministry. They hadn't seen Jesus do anything like this. And so when they were waking Jesus up, what were they thinking for him to do? I think they were thinking in their heart, hey, Jesus, grab a bucket and help us. They were wanting Jesus to get down with a bucket and shovel water just like they were doing. They were thinking that Jesus was going to do something very humanly, something very mundane, just like they were doing because they didn't understand the power that Jesus has. A lot of times when we don't call upon Jesus for the storms in our life it's because we really don't believe, we really don't know what it is that Jesus can do. Well, then the disciples got to see what Jesus could do. They got to see an awesome manifestation of his power. As Jesus just spoke, and at the speaking of his words, the storm calmed down. And when this happened, everybody was just perplexed. And it says that they were in fear and awe. And they said, who is this man that even the winds and the waves and the seas obey him? You ever noticed the less you think about Jesus the less in all you are of him the less you think about Jesus the less you praise him but the more you get to see Jesus in his power the more that you believe in faith in his works in his ability to do great things that he can speak anything into existence, that he can make anything happen, that nothing is impossible with him, the greater our praise is. When they got to see Jesus, who he truly was, they understand that he wasn't just an ordinary man, but he was a man who's worthy of praise. They realized that not only did they have Jesus' full attention, not only did they have full access to him, but they realized exactly how powerful he was. But I want us to notice this, and this is a sad thing because it represents so much of us, that they noticed that they said that who is this? that even the winds, the seas, and the waves, and the rain, and all of that obeys the voice of the Lord. And isn't it amazing that the seas obey the Lord, that the wind obeys the voice of the Lord, that the sun obeys the voice of the Lord, that the rain obeys the voice of the Lord, that the animals obey the voice of the Lord, that the fish obey the voice of the Lord, that the birds obey the voice of the Lord. As soon as he speaks it, they do it, but we don't. Why don't we listen to the voice of the Lord? Why are we so stubborn why do we have such a lack of faith? Is it because that we believe that Jesus doesn't care? That he's not concerned? Or do we just believe that he's not powerful enough? When the Lord speaks, all creation listens. But we in our faith, we must be like that. When the word of the Lord speaks. We listen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your word and how it guides our life. Lord, I pray that this morning that we realize, Lord, that it's just not a stale book, but it's a revelation of yourself. It shows us that you are a living God, a living, all-powerful, almighty God. But you're also a personal God who desires a special relationship with each and every one of us. Lord, let us realize this morning that we have access. We have access to you. We have your full attention. Lord, break our hearts to speak to you and to listen to you and to follow your voice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand and sing. Page 316, Jesus.